Hey everyone, welcome back to the One More Thing podcast for Marsh Creek Community Church. I'm Ryan Stockton and I'm here again with my wife, Andrea. Hey everybody. Hey, hey. So we are, this, uh, what is it, what is it today? It's Monday. Uh, <laughs> I can't even talk. Um, so yesterday was Sunday and we, we had our last uh, Being Bic sermon in that series, Being Brethren in Christ, and we talked about the topic of women in ministry leadership. And so we just, we thought we'd kind of riff on that topic here for a little bit here. Just one more thing or five more things if, in keeping with mm. our standard pattern here. So we bring up lots of, lots of thoughts. Uh, so people heard from me a little bit on Sunday uh, regarding a little bit of my journey. There's more I could share, but what, Andrea, what are you, some of your, what's been your journey on this issue, this topic? How did, how is it, how did you, how were you raised, like the mm. church that you grew up in, and how did you get to where you are now? What's what's that journey been like for you? So, a little bit similar. The church I grew up in um, only had men in any positions of leadership where, I guess, past youth group mm. age. So... There were men and women who were leading in the youth group. Mm. Um, uh, there were probably, yeah, in Sunday school teachers and, and things like that. But generally, you know, as far as leading adults, it was all men. Right. And not even just leading. And I'm, sh- I'm sure my mom wouldn't mind me sharing this story. But <laughs> at one point, she asked if she could be a greeter. In the church. Which, if you know Andrea's mother, is like where she should be. She's the yes. most hospitable person ever in the world. So Friendly, yeah. gracious, smiling. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a gifting fit. Yeah. And she was told no, because she wasn't male. Mm. And <laughs> that was the purview of, again, like in your story, the deacons. Right. which. You know, someday along the way, somebody figured out, okay, even if we are going to reserve the role of of pastor or elder for men, we should let women do what they're good at. And if they happen to be good at greeting, then they should be allowed to do that. You know, so even the complementarian churches have generally shifted a bit in that right um, approach over the years, thankfully. But um mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, you know, I remember seeing some of that. Um, thank, I guess, th- I guess, thankfully, I never felt a call toward pastoral ministry that I was then told I wasn't allowed to do. I wouldn't have mm. taken well to. That <laughs> <laughs> Andrea doesn't do well with being told. Don't what tell to me do. what to do. <laughs> Don't tell me what I can't do or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So it was just sort of convenient <laughs> that I didn't have these, you know, mm. aspirations or calling yeah. uh, toward teaching yeah. um, or, you know, formal pastoral ministry. So I didn't have to fight it, wrestle with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I but I could have seen myself doing so. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was in high school, I guess, maybe college. Yeah, probably high school because this would have been before I really had had learned anything about how to research deeper 
hmm. under than a face value reading of right. scripture. Yeah. Um, I didn't know about commentaries. I didn't know right. about, yeah, yeah. you know, sure. all those things. And hmm. so I, I would read Paul's letters and some of it, some of it could make some sense, you know, mm. and, and the Holy Spirit would, would help enlighten bits and pieces, which yeah. is always exciting. But yeah. but then I'd read some of these paragraphs about, you know, women shouldn't even make a sound in church <laughs> and they should be silent and submit to their husbands and only ask them at home. And I was like, dude, Paul, did is there like a breakup situation that we don't know about? It really felt like he was just... Had an axe to grind against all it's women. Like the early Taylor Swift writing about his exes in, oh in his theology Lord. rather than in songs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what it felt like to me. And I was like, dude, I don't know if you and I are going to get along because. <laughs> dude, leave your girlfriend issues out of the church, man. Come on. <laughs> I know. So it's really yeah. good to hear. <laughs> solid teaching that is rooted in a, a desire to actually understand context that actually makes really good logical sense of mm. what we're seeing. Because then, you know, you, I would then also see some of the women who were named in, um, in other parts of Paul's letters as deaconesses and yeah. pro- to, prophetess and all that, you know it was yeah. like well apostle <laughs> yeah, yeah like what what mm-hmm. what what gives yeah. paul <laughs> yeah. so um i really appreciated your message on sunday and oh, the uh mm-hmm. insights that you brought and the mm-hmm. the low versus the high context relationship and oh, that um, was that was so big for me learning mm-hmm. about the low context versus high context it makes so much mm-hmm. sense when you're reading these letters particularly the pastoral epistles which is what they call the the pastoral letters the the letters that Paul wrote to Timothy and to Titus. So first and second Timothy and Titus. He had these really high context, tight relationships. Yeah, he with wasn't these even guys. just writing to a group. He was like <clears throat> right. writing to that guy. Right. Yeah, yeah. Who yes. he had a really good yeah. relationship with, and so he didn't have yeah. all the context. Just yeah. didn't have to write it because they knew what he was talking about. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you were to try to communicate something with your brother. Mm-hmm. You right. don't have to use that many words. One Simpsons quote and then can communicate <laughs> everything that it needs to be said. <laughs> yes. And if that and the Simpsons other would finish the uh, the sentence of the one who started yeah. it. Yeah. And, and then if someone you 2, just both years start from now, laughing yeah. and you know exactly what you were talking about. Right. Yeah. And if somebody 2,000 years from now somehow saw a recording of that oh, conversation, would have no, if they didn't know it was a Simpsons quote, <laughs> if they didn't know, they'd be like... What are these guys even saying? Doesn't even make any sense. Yeah, these guys are like. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. It's important to remember you had to be there. (laughs) You had to be there. That is so. If you're going to understand, Paul, there you go. You had to be there. (laughs) And if you weren't there, we got to do our best to connect the dots. (laughs) I like that. You had to be there. Oh gosh, I have a feeling like when we get to heaven and we see Paul, oh, he's gonna, gonna be just like, be like, oh, I can't believe. It's this. Like, dude, you just you had to be there, okay? You had to be there. All the things that have been done in the name of the words that he has, oh gosh, left for us. I'm man, sorry, oh, Paul. Man. <laughs> well, oh. yeah, and you know, so my my situation was kind of similar in that I I had never really heard it taught about mm. like the, the issue of women in ministry leadership. It was. It was just shown to me that women couldn't take on those roles. 
but no one taught me why. No one said why. Uh, and so well, I was just Bible, left. So right. Yeah, I was just go. left to see those verses that you had talked about and that we preached some on on Sunday. And they look pretty darn clear, you know, when <laughs> yeah. you're just reading it with no context and all that stuff. So I just kind of accepted it, even though it felt weird. Like, you know, I, mm. I didn't come to a full egalitarian position prob- until probably a few years ago. But even then, even when I was more on the complementarian side, the question of like, what age... Mm-hmm. Are women like not allowed to, to teach men anymore? Like, like in Sunday like school, they, like women like... are teaching women. It's okay to teach boys until they get to what eighteen, twenty one. Like, and when you started to put an age mm-hmm. number on it, it kind of raised the absurdity of the concept to the surface for me. Where I was just kind of like, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that once they hit a certain age, they can't or aren't allowed to speak into their lives and teach them. And, and in your own and, home, is it the same yeah, there too? Yeah. Right? So like, it just the yeah it just because, didn't seem right. And the, I mean, to get real, even in complementarian situations, women have a lot more power than people think. <laughs> Give oh, them yeah. credit oh. for right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. given the home situation where a mother is often a primary discipler of all of the children who Mm -hmm. grow up yeah you know maybe especially in the complementarian homes right Mm. who might not be as intentionally dividing care tasks equally between men and women right so you know you're you're very frequently ending up with women as primary caregivers Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. And so, you know, whether or not you believe that should be the way it is, it's often it's true. Um, And so, yeah, to not recognize and then therefore not even be not even equip well women to Mm. disciple. Yeah. In all of these kind of situations, Mm -hmm. you know. Well, and that, you know, that brings up something I, I, you know, I, I, a lot of the the reformed perspective, the reformed theological perspective, which we won't get into defining what all that is. But in the reformed tradition, complementarian, a complementarian viewpoint is common amongst reformed churches. Uh, They really emphasize predestination and certain things like certain doctrines like that. But um you know, the Reformed tradition has done a very good job of getting resources out into the hands of people. Podcasts, blogs, uh, books, uh, video resources, all these kinds. They've done a fantastic job. And so a lot of discipleship that people find, a lot of re- resources mm-hmm. that people find, devotionals, things like that, are from a Reformed mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah. Even in our church, a lot mm-hmm. of small groups and stuff like that are using materials from Reformed perspective, which doesn't line up with the BIC perspective in a lot of ways. Um, in, in in the core's core of the gospel and stuff like that, it, it it does. So I don't mean to say that they're not Christian, but in like this kind of view, they wouldn't. Where I'm going with this is uh, there's a, a podcast that I would listen to quite frequently, but it was from the Reformed tradition, and they would. I remember seeing at least twice, but maybe it was more. I feel like it was maybe more, but it was at definitely at least twice. Podcast topics on why women should engage in Bible study. Why should women study and know the Bible? Mm-hmm. And in to my mind, in the egalitarian perspective, that's not even a question. Like why mm-hmm. should 
should anyone why should study the Bible? Study the why Bible? should people <laughs> study the Bible? Like, okay, if that's the question you're going to ask, then sure, let's have that conversation. Why should people study the Bible? Well, to, to get to know God, to understand context, to understand you know, the original context so it can be applied appropriately in mm-hmm. our current context, things like that. <clears throat> but when you start asking, why should women study the Bible? Well, it's because somehow along the line it became communicated that that women shouldn't. Women shouldn't, or women yeah. couldn't, or mm. it wasn't their place somehow in along the line in this complementarian viewpoint. It was devalued, and so they had to put some extra mm. resources out there. Hey, this Bible study is really important for women. Women should, even though they're not going to be preaching up front about it, even if they're not going to, you know, like, they should still study the Bible. But it's from the egalitarian perspective... Kind of is yeah, kind of a moot point. We should mm-hmm. all be studying the Bible if we're all equally equipped and called. What were you mm-hmm. going to say? Honey? I listened to that same podcast for a while, and a lot of the episodes were women teaching. Right. Yeah. And, and a lot of men listen <laughs> because yeah. they're teaching the Bible, and it's yeah. Good sure. stuff. Now, a lot of but times... But they were recordings of women teaching women at yeah, the conference. Yeah, women teaching women. But yeah. I just want to point out the yeah. ironic... I was learning from that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. And not just because you're learning about what it's like to be a woman, but because right. the Holy Spirit can speak to women too. Right. Who can then also help shed light on mm-hmm. Scripture for other people. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Well, hey, look. Look here. We, we were wondering how much we were going to... I was wondering how much we were going to be able to talk about. And here we are. Well, because we didn't have an official question submitted. So right. Yeah, Ryan was that's like, true. Oh, what, what do we, we do? We to talk about. Yeah. So we can talk. We're good at that. <laughs> we're good at talking. Um, so I guess before we wrap up here, though, I do want to make a plug. So uh, you've heard me mention the Bic Life, Bic Life podcast, B-I-C Life podcast that is now live. Uh, my buddy Scott and I are um, doing it as life and you faith. You must like making podcasts. I now do. <laughs> I love podcasts. This is the second podcast. one that Ryan is opting Yay. to create in this life right now. <laughs> Yay. Well, I, I think two is enough. They're, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I love creating content. I always I always have. And, and uh, it's life-giving to me and all that sort of thing. Whether I'm any good at it or not, that oh, that's up to you to decide. But anyway... This, this podcast that, that I'm doing with, with Scott, uh, like I said before on our Sunday morning service, we are uh, in the middle of a series on women in ministry. And so our first episode has been published. The next episode uh, goes live next week on uh, uh, November 21st the day that the U.S. plays Wales in the, our first game of the World Cup. <laughs> in case the rest of you are keeping your calendar yeah, based on in, the in World Cup that's how. schedule. <laughs> uh, and that one will be an interview with Dr. Timothy Fisher, who has done some doctoral work on this topic. So the first two episodes are really heavy into the getting in some, into some deep weeds, apologetics, defense of, of, of the position of women being allowed in all positions of ministry. How about um, encouraged instead of allowed? Ooh, yeah, that's a better word. Yeah, you helped me change that word in my sermon. I did. This week. Yes, that's good. <laughs> it's no. just it's pervasive. No, it is. It is. Yeah, it affects. Yeah, even my word choices that I'm not even aware of. Right there. Yeah. Um, but today, uh, Scott and I just had a really, really great interview uh, with a pastor in the Brethren in Christ denomination in our conference in the Atlantic Conference, Erica Henry, uh, and that episode will be out on December fifth. 
Uh, we we te- try to publish the first Monday of each month, and so December fifth will be when that ep- that particular episode comes out. And I'm I'm really going to be uh, plugging that one because it was a fantastic conversation, and she just brought up so many incredible thoughts and insights into it. Um, men and women will be served really really well to listen to that interview. So that's coming out December 5th. So can we link to the Bic Life podcast from the Marsh Creek site, maybe under resources or something? I can link to it lines. in the show notes of this podcast. But I think it might be if a good idea to also kind of... Yeah, yeah, we can link to know. the podcast on the... Maybe not every single episode all the time, or I don't know. No, but sure. if you're going to keep talking about it, people might forget where to go find it. Yeah, right. So. Yeah, well, that's true. Put it, on our Put it on the website. Website. We could do that. Our pastor we could also do that. co-hosts another <laughs> podcast. Another one. If you just can't get enough. <laughs> Potty McPodface. That's my name. Pastor McPodface. That's my name. All right. Well, hey, you good? No, I want to talk about the other idea I have. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, if anyone needs me, I'll just be in the next room over here. Um, so I was just wondering, where did this whole thing start? Hmm. Um, you know, so if, if someone was just coming from a strictly evolutionary perspective without, without a God, without a creator, without a a creation story to help guide us, Mm -hmm. whatever, Mm -hmm. then they would probably say, well... Men physically tend to be stronger, right? Mm-hmm. Their musculature and mm-hmm. all those things. So therefore, they lead lean toward dominating. Yeah, might makes right was the way society worked for millennia. Right. Yeah. So then maybe the other way to see it is if in the garden men and women or adam and eve were i'll say equal though one was perhaps created first right yes right yes in the genesis creation narrative yes adam is created first eve right. is created from adam yeah. um it does seem that maybe at the fall is the point when we see um do you want to look at it real quick we're yeah where god the, yeah and the curse tells yes yeah and he says mm. to eve yeah. Your husband's going to be mean to you forever, right? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what he says. The Andrea paraphrase. That's the NASV, the new Andrea Stockton version. Um, um, so Your desire will be for him. and I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. This is Genesis 3.16. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire Which will ha- be for your wait husband. Wait a second. How- he will rule over you. What? How was childbirth not painful before that? Okay, that's all I had to say. <laughs> Maybe God made it worse, uh, but... It's a thought exercise. I don't know if I really want to engage in that conversation. <laughs> How did it ever feel great even before that? <laughs> Well, no, maybe nobody knows. I don't know. Had she had any? Uh, in, we don't know. In theory, no. They, she had not had a child yet. Right. So, okay. yeah. I don't know how they were going <laughs> to do that. Conversation Cesare- for another time. Caesarians in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. No. All right. 
But yes, yeah, right. So if this was a result of the curse, um, then we can look at Jesus, the, the model of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus, and then the teachings of the early church and Paul and the examples that we see in the letters and acts and all these sorts of things. And we can say, all right, if the kingdom is has come and has been, uh, you know, revealed in part to us, that if the kingdom is inbreaking into our world, then we should see elements of mm-hmm. precurse, pre-fall. You know, where where all people are created equal, mm-hmm. <laughs> all people are equal, all people are valued and. In the Our image, image of God. Yeah, it's seen and valued as image bearers of the image bearers that they are. Um, and this would be this would be a part of that. Uh, seeing inbreaking of the kingdom shining through the cracks of the curse of the fall, as it were. Um, mm. but yeah. Yeah, and that's not to say that we don't see God <clears throat> valuing and using women instrumentally throughout the Old Testament as well. Yes, right. Um, there are a lot of instances of that. And I was just rereading mm-hmm. one of the genealogies, and there are so many times where it's not even necessary, but it'll just kind of have this little breakaway yeah. and say, you know, the father of so-and-so, whose mother was yeah. so-and-so, yeah. you know, who yeah. deserves a shout-out and, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, are, well... Uh, yeah, arguably, <laughs> Jesus would not have come the way he did, right, without plenty of women along the way. <laughs> yeah, he used those people. Our dog is, like, freaking out over here. <laughs> oh, she went to look for a ball. Okay. Um, so, yeah. anyway, you know, and I guess I've heard it said that um, the other cultures, besides that of the Hebrew people, were even worse with their treatment of <laughs> mm. women or the status mm. of women um, was maybe even more. Yeah, well, the treatment of women and treatment of infants, mm-hmm. babies, you know, a lot of societies mm-hmm. back Slaves. then would leave, leave infants out when they were born, out to the elements, out to, you know, for time and stuff like that to, to see which were the strong ones that were going to survive and things oh, like gosh. that. I mean, the treatment of, of the weak, physically weak, was abhorrent in a lot of cultures. I won't say that that was the case of all cultures outside of Israel, but mm. Israel truly was a countercultural people. Mm. Uh, they were called to be a countercultural people, mm-hmm. which is why them asking for a king to be like the other nations was such an egregious sin as, as rejecting God as their king and and uh, all, all the other, you know, the um, shoot syncretism of uh, merging other society, other cultures' gods in with their own. Like uh, they were called to be set apart. They were called to be different. And uh, in some ways, you could see it when it happened. Mm, right? It was right. it was working. It was good. And then other ways, they really really blew it. So, um, just like we do today, <laughs> really blow it. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's a positive way to end things. <laughs> But well, yeah, but if we can if we can be a part of the inbreaking of God's kingdom hmm. uh, through us through the witness of the way that we treat all of our people in the church men women people of color you know just all the people the way we treat all people um, if we can treat them as the fellow image bearers that they are then 
maybe we can be a countercultural witness too. Mm. So. Oh, the dog I, really wants to our help dog, now. Yeah, the dog's brought the tennis ball over to <laughs> us, see. so she's she's ready to tell us we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I'll be done for now. <laughs> There's always well, maybe we'll start a, a third. You know, I'll do a third <laughs> podcast. We'll call it the second second thing yeah. <laughs> on, on second thought. <laughs> That's what we'll do. One more thing, and on second thought. But then you, doesn't there it have to go. like be a slightly contrary? Well, I guess. second thought is maybe like, like a point counterpoint kind yeah, of thing. So yeah. you know, maybe not. But that's quite very clever, dear. Oh, hey, thank you. <laughs> then the then the third one we start would be third things thirst thirst thirst. thirst. All right, I've run out of ideas. All right, thanks for joining us, everybody, uh, for the one more thing podcast here, and uh, yeah, we'll see you on Sunday. Thanks for joining us. Bye.